Beyond Quest. Beyond Quest. Beyond Welcome to YarnQuest, a First Nations-led podcast of big stories by little kids. I'm Uncle Mott. And I'm Arnie Brooke. We are your friendly neighbourhood storytellers. Join us every episode for imaginary yarns written by you. Let's jump in. It's time for an adventure. This story is called Space Possum by six-year-old Elodie. I heard you can't breathe in space which is especially difficult if you're a space possum like I am. Well, not so much a space possum as a possum who likes to go to space. You see, it all started when I learned about the stars. My old people used to read the stars and they would tell them where to go and even tell them stories. I never got to learn how to read the stars. So when I was younger than I am today, I decided that I would visit the stars myself. I went to the library and I read all the books that I could. Lots of them were written by astronomers. They're people who are professionals at everything in space. My favourite one is by Carly Noon. She's a black fella, just like me. That's when I learned that you can't breathe in space. Like, not at all. So, I started building out my rocket, which sounds pretty complicated, I know, but I cheated just a little bit and used some bush magic. Any time, there. Any time I got anywhere near outer space in my rocket though, I had to hold my breath. <gasps> and friends, I am no deep sea diver. So I couldn't for the life of me make it to the stars. <laughs> that line again. <laughs> From the Uh, Thanks, Dad. Every time I got anywhere near outer space in my rocket, though, I had to hold my breath. (gasps) And friends, I am no deep sea diver, so I couldn't for the life of me make it to the stars. I tried a fishbowl on my head, blowing a big bubble, and trying to breathe that air. Yeah. I tried... I tried a fishbowl on my head, I tried blowing a big bubblegum bubble and trying to breathe in that air. I even asked the fish from the bowl I tried how they managed to hold their breath. Turns out fish do breathe oxygen. It's just using gills. Very clever stuff. That's when I came up with my best idea yet. I remembered that sometimes when my friends are swimming in the river, they use river reeds just like a snorkel. Now, stay with me here. This is going to work. So I got all the reeds I could find. I asked everyone in the bush near my tree to help me. I had dingo collecting reeds. I had emu carrying loads on her back. And even lazy old koala grabbed some for me. And what did I do, you ask? Well, I connected every reed together as long as the eye could see. 
and I created the world's longest backwards snorkel. Out a special window in my rocket, I put my backwards snorkel and I blasted off higher and higher, almost to outer space. The snorkel stayed close enough to Earth so that I could still breathe. So I made it. And yes, this is me standing on the moon. Pretty cool, huh? This story is called Baked Beans in Space by Tane. There was a man who ate lots of baked beans and he kept on farting and farting. He floated up into space. He was stuck up there for five days. He went to the moon and then he went to Pluto. And then when the five day when the five days were over, people went into space to find him and they found him on the sun. When he got back in the spaceship there was lots of games and he wanted to go back to the moon to make a picture on it. After they went on the moon, they went back to Earth and then he jumped off the spaceship and ate more baked beans to go back to space. It's time for a fact break with me, Kira. Did you know the sun is so, 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 so massive? It could fit planet Earth inside of it over one million times. Did you know you can only see the moon at night because it's reflecting the sun's light in space. The moon doesn't have any light on its own. Did you know? Except for our planet Earth, the seven other planets in our solar system are named after the gods and Roman and Greek mythology. And now for some jokes. How does the alien hold up his baggy jeans with an asteroid belt? Did he hear about Mickey Mouse wandering in space? He was looking for Pluto. How do their astronauts pay for their coffees? With Starbucks. Where did space cows come from? From the moon! This episode of Yarn Quest is supported by the Awesome Black Box. The all-new Awesome Black Box is a subscription box filled with First Nations goodies curated by us at the Awesome Black team and sent out as a surprise to you. Awesome Black works directly with black businesses all over the continent to curate four to six secret items into a specially themed box that has been crafted to provide you with an amazing experience. Every box includes a story card giving the yarns about the items, their makers, and where you can find them to purchase more if you're keen. If you want to be a part of a growing community of people that love First Nations products and support the people that make them, then head to awesomeblack.org slash awesome dash black dash box. 
When you subscribe, you'll get a surprise box delivered to your door every three months. You can even purchase a subscription for a friend. Right now, Awesome Black are offering $5 off your first box to all new subscribers to their mailing list. Head to awesomeblack.org now to find out more. This story is called A Journey Through Space by Genevieve. Once upon a time, there were three kids that drove a spaceship. The pilot was a dog. And they travelled around the world looking for kids to make friends with. The spaceship was very cool. One day, they were going to Planet Sketch, where the U-Doodles live. Karen, Jaden and Lucy were very excited. When the spaceship landed, Lucy, Karen and Jaden stepped outside. Where are all the U-Doodles? asked Lucy. I don't know, said Karen. Hey guys, come over here, yelled Jaden. So they ran over to Jaden. When they got there, Jaden was pointing to a pot of markers. Then Lucy said, I know where the U-Doodles are. We have to draw them. I'm drawing a hot dog called Kevin, said Jaden. I'm drawing a cute brain called Mrs. Smarty, said Karen. And I'm drawing a frog girl called Shelly, said Lucy. When they finished drawing the U-Doodles, they came to life. Oh my gosh, said Lucy. Then they all introduced themselves. After that, they drew jetpacks and flew around the land. After that, they drew food, games, and so much more fun stuff. Then Mrs. Smarty had an idea. Her idea was to draw more friends. So they did, and they had the best day ever. The end. This story is called Rocket Ship by Vinny. There's a big rocket ship in my backyard. It has a magic button inside that you push and the rocket will take you to the moon. It's a bit broken right now, so Daddy-O is going to fix it. Then me, Mummy-O, Stan, Percy and our dingo dog Hank are all going to the moon. We're going to take some water, some yummy fruit snacks and we better take some dog food for Hank. Daddy-O has fixed the magic button. Quick, everybody, in the rocket. Five, four, three, two, one, blast off! This is my yarn called My Alien, written by Briony. Once upon a time, a little girl called Brioni and her best friend Siobhan were bored with drawing pictures in their cubby house, so they decided to build a rocket ship to fly to space. On the way, they saw an alien sitting on the moon having a picnic. They decided to park their rocket ship and join the alien at the picnic. Together, they all sat down and ate moon cakes and drank moon smoothies on the moon. After the picnic, Brioni and Siobhan got back in their rocket ship and travelled the stars around space and their alien friend came too. 
Then they played star hide and seek with their new alien friend. Then the alien showed him his home, a giant glow in the dark purple planet. He had lots of alien family for them to play with. Then everyone had a feast with purple mooncakes and glow in the dark smoothies. Then it was time for Brioni and Siobhan to leave. They waved goodbye to their new friends and promised to visit again. The end. Yama! My name is Kali Alinta Noon. I am a Gamilaroi Yina or Gamilaroi woman and I am a scientist. And today I'm going to tell you all about astronomy. I want to find out why is your job as a scientist important? It's important because, you know, the environment's important. We know that from our old people, how important the environment is and how important country is. And when I think about country and, you know, um, when a lot of us think about country, it's it's not just the land. It It is the land, but it's also the animals on that land. It's the waters on that land. It's the birds. It's the insects. It's the lizards. It's the people and communities. And it's also the sky. The sky is just as much a part of country as as all of these other things. So I think it's important because, you know, we look after um, country. That's our that's our role as custodians. Uh, And and for me, I think it's important that, um, yeah, we look after the sky as well. So what is the most surprising thing about your job, Carly? I think the most surprising thing is that mass is really fun Uh, and I'm sure that's surprising to lots of people out there but once you get into it, once you kind of are able to get over that uh, first confusing moment you have with mass, um, you know, once you really stick your hands into it, it can be so fun and so creative uh, and you can do so much with it. Uh, and I think it's um, actually really enjoyable, even though a lot of people think the complete opposite. Okay, here's another one. What is the hardest part of your job? Uh, it's mass. <laughs> Is it the hardest and most surprising and most fun? It's the most fun, but it's also the hardest because, uh, you know, it is complicated and it is, it's like a different language, right? And it's a bit tricky to keep track of it. Um, And so, you know, I have to practice it all the time, Um, but that's fine. It keeps me on my toes. It's the hardest, but it's also the funnest. Okay. What is your favourite part about the job? If you say math, I'm <laughs> going to just pull you out. I don't believe you. <laughs> What's your favourite part? Okay, my favourite part is is having breakthroughs. So when I'm working on something for a really long time and, you know, I'm really struggling with it. Um, and because as a scientist, you know, you spend so much time trying to solve problems, trying to find answers to things. And so when I eventually get an answer and I, I have that breakthrough um, and, you know, even with my own understanding and how much I understand something, um, you know, when I have a breakthrough in that and maybe I understand something a little bit better, that is my favourite part. I feel invincible and I feel like I can do anything. (laughs) 
I love that. Do you have, do you, is there, is there like a, do you do a little dance or do you have a little word? That you oh, say when you have I scream. I'll, I'll absolutely <laughs> dance, scream, throw my hands up, run around the house, tell everyone that I've solved my problem and this will happen um, multiple times a day. <laughs> do you get to do that at work? Do you get to dance around and throw your arms absolutely, up at work? Absolutely, yeah. And oh. because we're all scientists as well, we all kind of, we all understand it. We know how how moving it is to be able to um, finally crack something, crack the code. And so, yeah, no, it's it's a really important part of the job is celebrating uh, the progress we make. This is my, my favourite question. How did our people do this job as a, as a scientist, as an astronomer before colonisation? Well... They were the first. They were the first astronomers. You know, I every day I learned something new about the sky and I learned that from our old people. Uh, you know, they our ancestors knew the sky better than than any anyone anyone did. Um and that almost includes today. You know, we we're really good at using instruments and looking really far into outer space. Uh, but what our our old people were really good at was knowing what the sky looked like from here, from, you know, our, our own countries. Uh, and, you know, no one really could demonstrate, has, has been able to demonstrate, uh, like, any, you know, similar um, observation skills to our old people. Uh, you know, they, they could memorise every star in the sky. And they, like, I know many old people, still memorize every star in the sky and that's thousands and thousands of stars um you know especially if you live you know um out of out of the city and you can you have a good view of the sky there's just thousands of stars and to be able to remember that and not only remember each star um but to remember you know the stories that are associated to that star uh to remember the movement of that star as it goes across the sky over the night all of these things all of these observations um you know no one knows them like our old people they are the experts in this space and they are the leaders and so um yeah they they were the they are the astronomers that's so exciting it's like you've got a little bit of a benefit then because you're a black fella and an astronomer so you've got our old knowledge and the new knowledge too absolutely and it helps me all the time you know being able to find where I am in the sky you know say if I'm looking for um you know one of my favorite constellations or something you know I can use our stories and you know know where our our cultural heroes are um and be able to find them and and look up to them and you know navigate myself across the sky um as well you know within my my own my job and and uh my just my life in general if you want to be a scientist when you grow up you have to love asking questions you have to learn all about maths and you have to be really good at being creative Thank you for listening to YarnQuest. If you'd like to submit your own story or feature on YarnQuest, you can email us on yarnquest at awesomeblack.org or find us on Instagram at yarnquest underscore. 
This is an Awesome Black podcast, hosted by Brooke Scobie and Uncle Mott, starring YarnQuest kids from all over the continent. Executive producer Jade Goodwin, produced by Tully DeVries and Brooke Scobie. Edited by Brooke Scobie and mixed by Travis DeVries. Awesomeblack.org. Comedy, culture, fun. First Nations owned. Supported by you.